This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight as Brian Kelly, the new head coach of LSU football, is announced. Were we hearing about his staff and his staff members? We told you last night uh, we would work tirelessly, or I would work tirelessly uh, last night to figure out uh, more about what's going on around LSU football. We reported some news. was confirmed today. Uh, uh, reported about the OC and DC and stuff like that. Some things that we know now. How is Brian Kelly going to put his staff together? We got a lot to get into to, uh, with that. So it's going to be a fun show. And LSU is holding no holds bars when it comes to LSU football any longer. If you had any doubt whatsoever, if LSU football was going all out to make sure that they got the right coaches and the right recruits and the right analysts and the right staff, I am here to tell you, you no longer have to worry. Scott Woodward told you today, Daddy has arrived. His name's Brian Kelly. We will get into that. We will certainly, certainly get into that. Building his staff, him being announced. Uh, The fan favorite, Memphis Spence, joins us at 725 to talk about the college football playoff ranking. How does the the potential of Notre Dame getting into the playoff this weekend after maybe some chaos this weekend, how does he think it affects the coaching changes? We'll talk to him about that. Brian Driscoll 
from Sports Illustrated who covers Notre Dame, played for Notre Dame, and has been and coached around Notre Dame, is going to be joining us uh, around 7.50. So you're going to have to stay around a little bit later and stay around uh, 7.50 so that we can talk to Brian Driscoll uh, about everything going on around Notre Dame and what he's hearing so we can get some things, more knowledge on their side about what's going on uh, as well. So huge show in store for you tonight. Very, very jam-packed. Looking forward to it uh, as always. So let's do this. Let's get to some comments before we get started. And then we'll pay some bills and then we'll, we'll get going. Uh, Brinks Driver, who has been uh, 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 very crucial for us. The Brinks Driver... Uh, on YouTube says, no more Tell the Truth Monday. Hmm. I did like Tell the Truth Monday from us because we put up our 10 things that we wanted to see, uh, either good or bad, 10 things, that, 10 huge observations that I noticed. We'll do that. We just won't call it Tell the Truth Monday. But, yeah, no more Edwards Run, no more Tell the Truth Monday. Might go on a slight Rafino's rants with that uh, as well. Uh, Marcus says, so I can play it every game day. Uh, I don't know what you mean there. I don't know what you mean there. Um, Got a lot of comments flying in. Uh, Anthony, what's up, Anthony, on YouTube says, get your popcorn ready. Yeah, you better get your popcorn ready because I'm already hearing from some recruits, some local guys, some Louisiana guys, not guys named Walker Howard, other guys that you would definitely want in this class. Uh, I'll tell you about some little some stuff about I'm hearing around recruiting. Brian Kelly is not an idiot, so everybody who said, that he doesn't want to come here and recruit. I think that the first day on the job tells me otherwise if anything that I'm hearing has anything to do with it. All right, everybody's saying let's go. Chris Barnhill, Peter, Tony, everybody's saying let's go. So let's do this. Let's pay some bills around this thing, and then we'll get started. None better than our good friends over at GM Varndo and Sons and betonline.ag. Guys, with 64 years of experience, nobody's better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno and Sons. 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard in Denham Springs, Louisiana. You can get RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, or tire sales. No job is too big or too small for those guys over at GM. Again, give them a call at 225-664-9992. Tell them Blake Rafino at AYS since you on by and our good friends over at betonline.ag guys have been telling you for such a long time now about bet online there's so many games this weekend whether it be pros whether it be conference championships so many great games that mean so much this week where you need to place those bets betonline.ag use the 50 percent welcome bonus by using the believe 50 ays podcast tab that way they know your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. They will give you the 50% welcome bonus as they do always. Again, that's Believe 50, and you got to go to our good friends at betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. All right, let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Uh, I, we're going to enact something new tonight. If you send a super chat on YouTube, your comment goes to the front of the, back, uh, front of the, front of the line. <laughs> uh, but our good friend Kirk Taylor, what's up, Kirk? He sends us $19.99 via Super Chat. Thank you, sir. He says, not in 16-plus years, LSU has had a full regime change. Football operations is about to have a complete overhaul. It's time to bring in the edge back. Hard-nosed, organized football is back. 
Saban isn't going to put uh, put is going to put Coach Kelly. So let's talk about that. Let's talk. And I, again, Carl, I, I really appreciate you for uh, the super chat. I fully agree with that statement, though, because it's not so much as in things that I'm hearing, but it is a new culture change. It is a new regime change. Brian Kelly is going to be the guy that comes in here and has no nonsense. And guys are going to want to play for him. I'm here today in the football meeting about a couple of hours ago, or was it an hour and a half, two hours ago, that Brian Kelly went in and talked to the players, his players, now, and said, listen, I'm here for one thing and one thing only, and that's to win championships. Everybody wants to talk about the money that Brian Kelly got, and I fully understand that. And it's probably a big drawing card for him. It was probably a big thing. You know, he made a joke. And, and look, I make that joke all the time. If someone's going to plop an inordinate amount of money on my doorstep, there is a beautiful woman that I'm going to have to go talk to and tell her, hey, baby, everything's going good right now, but they are giving me a shit ton of money. Oh, and by the way, the company or the place that I'm going is a top-tier place. It's a top-tier program. Actually, over the last 20 years, they've been number two when it comes to winning national titles or winning business awards. So when everybody acts and, and wants to act like and scratch their head and say, why is, is Brian Kelly making this decision? I told you from the very beginning. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And Brian Kelly confirmed this. If you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about, and everybody talked about the blue bloods of college football. Lincoln Riley would never leave Oklahoma because we're a blue blood. Brian Kelly would never leave Notre Dame because we're a blue blood. What Brian Kelly told you just over the last 48 hours was it doesn't give two Rudy Poos about your status as a, a any kind of blue blood if the resources, the facilities, the culture, the staffing, the recruits can't win you a national title. So who's the real blue blood now? Who's the real daddy now? If you would have asked your grandfather so many years ago and you say, granddaddy, one day there's going to be a situation where the Notre Dame sitting, the head coach at Notre Dame, the sitting head coach is going to leave his job. The winningest coach of Notre Dame is going to leave, and he's going to go to LSU. He would have called you a buffoon. He would have called you crazy. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, ladies and gentlemen that are AYS and LSU fans, Brian Kelly put a staple on this for you today. Welcome to being a blue blood. You already were. This program that LSU is and has been since Scott Woodward was on the administration so many years ago and Nick Saban was on that staff. People make conscious decisions to make sure that LSU goes in the right direction. I know when we came live last night, it literally, the the news broke at 6.55. We came live at 7 o'clock, our normal time slot. Thank God for 7 o'clock. 
I think from an LSU fan perspective, everyone has been able to sit back and relax and look at Brian Kelly's tenure. Everybody in the media today has been talking about how Brian Kelly is an offensive-minded guy, which he is. But here's the great thing about Brian Kelly. He's also called plays on the defensive side of the ball. Guys, you got a coach, the winningest coach in Notre Dame's history, who's coached both defense and offense and has had severe success, severe success on both sides of the ball. You wanted a head coach that can win. You got him. You wanted a guy that went to the playoff multiple times. You got him. You wanted a guy that's a strategist and it's called plays on both, on at least one side of the ball. You got him. But even on this side, you got a guy who's coached on both sides of the ball very effectively. Not only has he been an offensive-minded guy and called plays, he's been a defensive-minded guy and called plays. Want to talk about his age? Hell, Saban's had his AARP card for the last 45 years, and he's still ticking. In today's world, it's okay to be the new 40. It's like the new 30. The new 60 is like a mid-age 45, 50. The man that I saw today when, he, when, that, when those airplane doors open and he's running down the stairs. He's a dangerous man at LSU. He's a dangerous man. Now you want to talk about recruiting. I've been hearing all effing day about recruiting. All effing day about recruiting. Brian Kelly can't recruit, Blake. He can't do it. On this phone, no less than 30 minutes ago, I talked to a very big-time recruit in the state of Louisiana who's committing, and will be this this committee class will be his, uh, I don't know how you say it, this is his uh, class to commit and to sign. Getting off the phone with him and his camp, and he tells me when I, and I'm quoting, when I saw the Brian Kelly was hired at LSU and was coming to LSU, me and my dad looked at one another and said, holy shit. Oh, LSU's not playing anymore. Because the falsehood that you're going to have and people are going to tell you, the falsehood is, is that Brian Kelly hasn't come into the state of Louisiana and recruited before. Ask Logan Diggs. Ask kids in Ponchatoula. Ask Walker Howard. You know, Brian Kelly made an interesting statement one time. He said that what's so interesting to him about being at Notre Dame was that when he was at Notre Dame, the recruits that he tried to get to go there, he had a fight scratch and claw because the ND was on his chest. But he would see coaches and coaches that weren't that great not going to say who, but I think you can understand. And I'm not talking Orzron. Orzron's a good recruiter. But they would have that logo on their chest. And no matter how bad they were, they were able to get in that door because of the logo on their chest. It's going to be interesting to see how Brian Kelly does with that. Because now he can get in any door in America that he wants. Because LSU now is a national brand. Because Brian Kelly put his stamp of approval on it. And you know what's crazy? So did Lincoln Riley. You can hate Lincoln Riley all you want, but he's showing you that there's a new age of football. Now, I'm going to say this, and this is going to be a little bit of part of my Rafino's rants. Um, 
everybody wants to shit and poo-poo on a coach getting the amount of money. Okay, the amount of money that Brian Kelly or Lincoln Riley is about to get. Guys, LSU in a year-in, year-out basis is a $100 million business. The revenue that LSU football generates in one year, in one year, is the same exact contract for 10 years that you get Brian Kelly for. So you mean to tell me over the next 10 years and with a new ESPN deal, you're going to make north of a billion dollars, north of a billion dollars, and you're worried about a coach getting paid $10 million a year. If you're, if you're worried about that, don't ever purchase another thing of LSU's ever again. Don't purchase a ticket. Don't do anything else. And to the Rudy Pooh Professor Robert Mann on LSU's campus, before you cast the first stone about Title IX and sexual assaults, you better make sure that you don't have skeletons in your closet because you do. Before you say I don't have that knowledge, you better check my track record because you need to stop with the bullshit. All right, let's move on. We got a couple of super chats in here. I hate somebody that tries to cast the first stone. Like, if you're going to cast the first stone, you better not have those same skeletons, man. That's like if I run out here and say somebody is cheating on their wife, meanwhile, I'm cheating on my wife. I'm not doing that. Anyway, Brody Dupree says, I've seen that Brian Kelly also has a background as a D.C. and a previous school uh, will tinker with the defense as well. He's been on both sides of the ball. Guys, this is a monumental sp- – I asked a couple days ago about a splash hire. The only name that I left out of that who would, you know, everybody's talking about Brian Kelly and Matt Rule. I didn't think Matt Rule would technically give you that splash. He wouldn't give you that splash like Brian Kelly. You wanted somebody like Lincoln Riley that could call offensive plays. Well, guys, I'm here to tell you, he's called offensive plays and did some great shit at Cincinnati, which got him to Notre Dame. He's been on the defensive side of the ball and coached and called plays on the defensive side of the ball. That's what you call, wait for it, a ball coach. Nick Saban has never called offensive plays a day in his life. We know now that when Devontae Smith caught that touchdown against Georgia so many years ago that he read the defense so well, he went to Brian Dayball and said, and I'm quoting, hey, hey Dayball, they're running cover two here. Devontae Smith's going to be wide open. Why don't we go four verticals? They do a check at the line. They run four verts. Touchdown, Devontae Smith. Ball game, national championship. That's the kind of quality coach you are getting with Brian Kelly. Now, before we get to Memphis Spence, I told you that we were reporting some stuff and was confirmed. Everybody tried to tell a player that we ain't got the sources. (laughs) Y'all tried to rag a dog. Come on, man. You got other media members out there trying to rag a player. And then all of a sudden it gets confirmed. Anyway, I just thought, I thought that shit was funny. I thought that shit was funny. I'm going to throw that out there. About the staff, and I know a lot of people in here are asking about Marcus Freeman. And the irony in this. So let me tell you a couple of things. Number one. And I tweeted this out today, and I want to tell you the truth now. And I t- told you the truth a year ago, but some people didn't want to listen. Ed Orsron, Scott Woodward, Virg Osbury, and not so much Scott Woodward, 
Um, I'm probably going to say something that's going to get me in trouble, but oh well. When Marcus Freeman came down on an interview to LSU and to be their next defensive coordinator just a year ago, Marcus Freeman and his wife met with Coach Ed Orgeron. I was told that Ed Orgeron did meet with Marcus for a short amount of time and pawned him off to other members of his staff, showing them around campus, showing it, doing other things with them. And, and when that happened and Ed Orgeron was not focused enough about bringing his new D.C. in, Marcus Freeman left and said, I would never work for that man. Was fully ready to come to LSU. Full disclosure. The irony in all of this is, is that Brian Kelly outdueled Ed Orgeron because when he brought Marcus Freeman on campus, talking to people, and we'll have Brian Jerska on here later, around 7.50, Brian Kelly wouldn't leave him. Showed him everything that went on. So with all, And I'm not trying to bash on Orgeron. I'm really not. But the irony in this is the small, simple details of hanging out with somebody. Because the money's going to be the money. Guys, LSU is putting out there, and this is showing another reason. Another reason why LSU is setting, and USC alike, is setting the market. They came out with a public statement. We reported it last night in the Twitter spaces, along with the offensive coordinator stuff and Tommy Reeves. They are completely willing to pay Marcus Freeman and make him the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the country. Honestly, and if you talk to any coach, you guys know that we have some, you know, playing with some form, or some SEC coaches. When I was at Southeastern, some of them are in the SEC. They think Marcus Freeman is a bona fide genius. One SEC coach told me that they make, they have a little nickname for him. They call him the Einstein of defensive coaching of the defensive coordinator protégés. LSU's going to go after him to make him the highest paid DC. You can bet it. Now, doesn't mean he's not doesn't mean he's coming. What if Notre Dame makes him the next head coach? What if the, you know Luke Fickle gets that job, he wants to stay there and maybe he gets a head job at Cincinnati? That stuff I don't know. That's going to work itself out. We'll talk to Brian Driscoll about that. Here's what we reported. We'll get to the Super Chats, and then we'll get into uh, Memphis Spence. Here's what I reported, and it was confirmed today, was Tommy Rees, the offensive coordinator, and I know we got a lot of comments flying in here. I'm trying my best, but there's so much we got to get into uh, uh, tonight. So bear with me. Tommy Rees, offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, is highly sought after, too, by Brian Kelly. Now, the strength and conditioning coach looks like he's staying at Notre Dame. Uh, I've heard some conflicting reports on Tommy Moffitt. What he's going to do, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? I don't know that yet, but there are conflicting reports out there. Brian Kelly has trust in Tommy Reeves and is also going after him with everything he's got. Now, the Notre Dame side, from what I reported last night, Notre Dame is also reporting. LSU offered him $400,000 more in the current what he's making. Notre Dame, with all due respect, and you want to talk about your blue blood status, you better pay. It's like the whole, and I hate to say this about a Catholic school, you know the old saying, you better shit or get off the pot, you better start paying these people or you better get off the pot because LSU's coming. Now, if it's not Tommy Reese or Marcus Freeman, 
LSU is still going to go after the biggest names in coaching for their coordinators, strong recruiters, good play callers, etc. Throwing a hypothetical out there. I don't think this would happen. They would kill each other. Their personalities, they would hate one another. There are coaches out there like Dan Mullen who could be an offensive coordinator. Maybe he goes to a smaller school. I don't know. Can you go to Arkansas and pull out a, a Kendall Browse? Hey, Kendall, we're going to pay you $3 million to be the OC, Big Daddy. Why don't you come on down the boot? Make that drive on down and come down to the boot. All right. Very quick comments, and then we're going to get to Memphis Spence. A lot to get into, man. I, I love coaching searches. I mean, hell, there's 821 of y'all in here. I, 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 dogs, I have not – I didn't sleep last night, man. I didn't sleep last night. Anyway, Mark on YouTube gives us a $19.99 super chat. We making it rain like our name Sky Woodward in this thing, boy. $20. He says, if Freeman stays or gets a head coaching job in Cincinnati, does Kelly reach back out to Mike Elko at Texas A&M? His contract ends in May, and he is making $2.1 million. Hell, why not? I mean, look at what he did. He's doing at A&M. I don't necessarily know how that relationship ended. I would need to look into that. Um, but Mike Elko has called some really good defenses. His name is tied into some some smaller level head coaching jobs. Uh, like I think his name was brought up at Temple, and basically he said, "Hey, bro, you're paying me a million dollars less to go to Temple. I ain't leaving A and M. You Rudy Poos. So we'll see. We will see. But I like Mike Elko. I like him a lot. Do you go after a Jim Leonard? I, I mean, look, I don't think Jim Leonard would ever leave Wisconsin. They've done it multiple times. They've gone after him multiple times. People say I'm crazy, but got proof to back it up. All right, let me get to the last super chat. Um, and I can't find it. All right, we're about a minute late from, uh, from Memphis Spence, but there's just so much to get into. You know, in the radio world, they make you wait at least three minutes. You know, they tell me, they tell me every time, Blake, you're coming on at 7 o'clock. And then all the times they call me at 7.04 and I'm on at 7.05. So, you know what? I don't feel bad <laughs> for being a minute late, Memphis. I just got to tell you. I just got to tell you. You're taking the wrath of being a minute late from all the radio hosts <laughs> out there alive. Here it is. It's Kenny Russell. Sends us a 9.99 Super Chat. God, dog. Uh, but he says, if we don't get uh, Marcus Freeman Blake, eight, say we take a swing at Jimmy Lake or Gary Patterson, very impressive defensive minds. Again, go at – guys, what – look, and I probably should have said this too, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this here and then we're going to get to Memphis, I swear to God. And, Kenny, thank you so much for the super chat. There were coaches that were standoffish this last year coming on staff with Ed Orgeron. With all due respect to Jake Peets, with all due respect to DJ Mangus, with all due respect to Durante Jones, and look, Durante Jones has been great. He's been a really good defensive coordinator when Orgeron took the training wheels off and said, do what you can do. There's still Jake Peets and Durante Jones, two guys that have never called plays. What if you get a Gary Patterson as your defensive coordinator? Holy shit. Might have to mix some things up, but it's the defense you're kind of calling now. All right. Woo! Y'all remember that video 
about Thanksgiving and the grandmother. She goes, I got greens, beans, tomatoes, tomatoes, lambs, hams, dogs, hogs. Y'all remember that one? That's how I feel when I'm spitting out the information, the hot information about LSU's coaching search. I feel like we got this, 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 this. That's what I feel like. All right, let's do this. We're going to get to a very quick break. We're going to get to Memphis Spence now. The hot and favorite, the fan favorite. Memphis Spence, right after the break. None better than our good friends over at the Drake Williams Law Firm. Drake Williams Law Firm. <laughs> Guys, get on over to the Drake Williams Law Firm today. Have you been hurt? If you've been affected by Hurricane Ida, they can help you with a free consultation. DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. That's DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. Or give them a call at 985-386-7600. That's 985-386-7600. Or tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. And our good friends over at Lightbox Jewelry, lightboxjewelry.com. Cutting edge in all of their diamonds. And it's only $800 per care, guys. That's absolutely fantastic. Sparkling new inventions, doing everything first class and doing everything innovative. It's a Christmas season. You got all, your old lady wants some new jewelry? You know where the best place to go? It's lightboxjewelry.com. Again, lightboxjewelry.com, lightboxjewelry.com. All right, we got a good friend, Memphis Spence, joining us. Memphis, I'm sorry I went a little late. You are the fan favorite. They were getting all over my ass all <laughs> night long. Blake, bring in Memphis, you Rudy Poo. Well, well, you're here. Memphis, let's start off here. You, you've covered college football for a long time. Notre Dame has been a team that you've obviously had to watch a lot because they're a team, at least in the last five years, that have religiously been in the top ten. They when, have. When you saw the news breaking Brian Kelly to LSU, what were your first thoughts? First thought was this. Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU? Oh, this is going to be good. Because originally I was like, well, he would be a candidate, but everybody was telling me he wouldn't fit the culture. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, then we'll throw him out, even though I thought he would be a viable candidate at the beginning of this thing. But then when he gets uh, at Woodard, he did it again. He did it again. Mm-hmm. He fooled everybody, sent everybody on the Scooby-Doo chase, and then he already had his guy. Um, but the first thing I thought was this – if he if if the boosters there and the media there coddle this man, this might work. But there are a lot of people that didn't like the hire, and so I was like, okay, can he coach? Yes. Um, can he recruit? Um, I, I, recruiting B minus. I mean, but LSU recruits itself, so you usually don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But he can coach. He can scheme. There's a lot of things that Brian Kelly can do. If, if 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 you guys start feeding them the right gumbo, I think this works. <laughs> well, I think it works. So so Memphis, very quickly you talked on culture, and then I want to get to what Brian yeah. Kelly's actually done on the field. Look mm-hmm. to me, I've lived in the state of Louisiana my whole life, and uh-huh. we've had guys like Skip Bertman from Miami, a, a person, a Jewish man from Detroit who's won national titles at LSU. Les Miles, yeah. the grass-eating son of a gun himself, who came from Michigan and then That's was true. at Oklahoma State. Look, That's true. say what you wanted about him off the field. I understand it. He won a lot of football games at LSU, went to two national title games, won one of them. That's right. 
there is a central theme when you're winning Memphis, not just in the state of Louisiana, but if you're winning in general, the culture is going to fit itself. Yeah, that's true. That, no, that's absolutely true. And I mean, I, I mean, I, I felt the same way for Orgeron, except I thought Orgeron was like a perfect fit, but for the stuff going on off the field, in which, which honestly, I still don't know the ins and outs. I, I have little pieces together, but I still don't know everything that the, the reason why Orgeron is leaving. I still thought he was a really good coach, and I still think he's going to get some play other places. But people were telling me, nope, it's time for him to go. It's time for him to go. It's time for him to go. And you guys are you guys are the boots on the ground. You know what's going on there at LSU, even if you don't want to expose all the dirty laundry to everybody else so they can get in it. He so exposed if the dirty – you tell me that it's time to go, then it's time to go. Well, he so, exposed the dirty laundry at his last press conference. I'll let that be, but regardless – there was stuff off the field, and that was the real reason. Oh, look, on the field was the reason why you can't go 11-11, and 11, but yeah. regardless. But we, yeah. you talked about culture, so continue. Uh, the, culture, the, the culture, I think, you know, if that fits, then I think the rest of the pieces of the puzzle are going to fit. You'll get coordinators. There are a lot of great coordinators that have coached under Kelly. You'll have other people lining up to actually want to be under Kelly if he's not bringing his guys. You're not going to have to worry about coordinators. You're going to have your pick or the litter. Just go down the Broyles Award list. I just got done voting on it um, a couple of days ago. Lots of great coordinators out there. Uh, lots of great guys that would want a, a chance at winning a national championship. So you're not going to have to worry about that. I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm completely biased. Play with a guy named Cody Kennedy who's on that list, the O-line coach from Arkansas. Memphis, yes. you better have voted for – you don't have to divulge. Don't divulge. But if you didn't vote for Cody Kennedy, I'm going to have offensive or SEC offensive line coach manage you. <laughs> I can tell you – well, I'll say this. Cody Kennedy was absolutely in the discussion. It was between – I'll say this. And, and you, when, when you vote for the Royals, the Royals, it's one, two, three, four, five. You only right. get to make five, right. five choices. The, the guy that I actually put in his, his spot, which I didn't know – and Kennedy was the first one out, was uh, Jeff Lowe oh, over wow. at uh, the defensive coordinator at a UTSA. I was like, have they ever had – did we even know what UTSA was? No. You know, I, some people thought it was a subscription to something. <laughs> you know, and I was like, what, what is a UTSA? Until they start winning, and they almost went undefeated this year. Right. So, you know, we're like, I was like, okay, well, he made that program relevant. I, I, I want to show him a little bit of love. That's the only reason. But no, no, I know exactly. He's that may be one of the best offensive line coaches in the nation. Do you think LSU can poach him? I gotta plead the fifth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, you already see what he's doing there. I mean, you know, uh, there's there's there are very few guys that can take the talent and make and offensive start moving human beings with technique and he's right. one of those guys right and I, I i'm a big fan and i'm like man i would but for that but for utsa having their historic year he would have gotten my vote as well he was actually the first one out first first guy out of my my, my top five. and look that's okay i mean he first time in the power five these coach he's going to get a lot of opportunities Memphis I want to get to you on this and and I want your take in two big parts we're going to talk about Notre Dame and what actually happens now God forbid some chaos happens I kind of hope chaos happens I think it makes what college football great but Brian Kelly is so damn multiple and look his offensive 
offenses have changed to the strengths of his team. He's had guards like Quentin Nelson. He's had guards like Zach, uh, uh, Zach Martin. They've been power football. They've been spread football. Hell, they've been a whole bunch of different things. When you've watched Notre Dame over the past, let's just say, five years, because it's mm-hmm. when they've been their best, mm-hmm. are they are – they LSU – is Brian Kelly – LSU athletes on the outside of way from winning a national title. And I know that that's crazy to say, but is he that close and why? And that's probably why he made this move. If, if you're asking me whether or not Brian Kelly would be able to win a national championship with some of the rosters that, that LSU has had in the last five years, absolutely. Right. And that's the kind of that's he can absolutely win with that type of talent. Remember, like right, and, and the thing about the thing about Notre Dame, it's it's that's one of the harder places to recruit. No it's doubt. Like and so you know, I, I've been looking, and, and one of the things that sold when when the AD was trying to bring Kelly there from Cincinnati, because I remember him back in Cincinnati and everything else that he did there. Um, he sold the the university on like we're we're gonna get we're gonna get we're gonna get back to recruiting. We want top ten recruiting again. He wasn't necessarily able to deliver on that just because Notre Dame, except for one year, I think it was like 2013. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2013, I think, was the only year that I think he was in the top five. He actually had a great recruiting class. Everything else was 9, 10, 12, 15, somewhere there. And, of course, Notre Dame wants to be one of the top five recruiters again because for, for, for eons they were. Come to Notre Dame. You get education. You get to you know see uh, the 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 whole college football world because they still play USC. They right. still play basically the best of the best in terms of their schedule. So uh, it, over the last five years, Notre Dame they've gotten to the college football playoff with the with with lesser recruits than LSU, and they've gotten there more often. So, and I know, you know, hey, getting through the SEC, that's going to be a challenge. But let's not even, but Memphis, to rudely interrupt you, but their strength of schedule, and I know that you vote on this, they're still in the top 10 in strength of schedule every year when you vote on that. That's right. No, that's, they they still have a great strength of schedule. They just don't have the roadblocks that LSU has to get to the college football playoff. But if you take that into account, and then you kind of switch out rosters, do you know what? Brian Kelly could do with the rosters that Orgeron currently has. Oh, currently has. God, I, I look. Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm interested. I'm. I'm a, Shit, I, I, I want to see what happens here. I really do. I put out a. I put out a poll. Like, hey, in the next five years, which one of these coaches is more likely to to win a national championship? Right, mm-hmm. Napier. People are like, nah, hey, Napier. You know. Um, I even put out for the for the for the last one. I actually even put on um, uh, Nick Saban was going to win the next five, and people jokingly voted hit, uh, uh, voted that one second. But Brian Kelly was actually number one by a landslide at everybody's expectation of him winning a national championship at LSU within the next five years. Yeah, very quick, very quickly, and this is something big. Uh, to everybody that's watching us and watched us last night, we when we opened the show in the first fifteen minutes, we said that uh, DB's coach uh, Corey Raymond at LSU was going to be staying on staff. It looks like LSU is now confirming the story that we had last night. So Memphis just wanted and look, okay. 
you got to have a Louisiana tie on this roster. You can't go. You can't go down to the Creole country, and you don't have somebody from. Look, I've been here. I'm telling you, you can't yeah. go down there and, and and eat Mama's gumbo, and it be a little spicy. And you, Brian Kelly's gonna get red as hell. He's gonna get redder than this Coca Cola bottle because he gets. Absolutely. He's gonna get. He's gonna get Tom Coughlin purple. Okay. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, my friend. I beans, know. Beans, tomatoes. He's gonna understand what that song means. Oh, he's going. He's going to learn. Here. You know, Orzron. <laughs> something funny. Orzron said that he runs so much because when he goes on recruiting trips, this is before COVID. He goes, guys, uh-huh. I gained twenty-two pounds in recruiting because I can't. I don't have the stomach to tell a mama no. I can't eat her gumbo. Like that, that so that's kind of crazy. Hopefully, Brian Kelly knows what he's getting into. Uh, look, Memphis, I want to ask you this because the college football playoff committee met today and they came out and they said all yeah. the things. I know you were in the press conference. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you this. I think that, and I don't. I think this is this is actually realistic. So tell me okay. if I, tell me if I'm wrong here. I think that Baylor can beat Oklahoma State. I think yeah. that there's a scenario a scenario where Houston. And Dana Holgerson, look, Dana Holgerson is a look. He's a he's a magician, right? He's a magician uh, of offensive mind, like a lot of people are. Memphis, are we in a situation here where if even one of those teams loses, because look, Alabama's going to lose too. What we thinking? Is Notre Dame about to get in this stinking playoff without a head coach? And so that was about what about half the maybe three-fourths of the questions. And how Gary answered it was this. He doesn't look backwards. He's he's waiting for all the data to come in. And he said something this, and I think everybody kind of knows this, but he said something this time that kind of gave a lot of people pause. Because one question was like, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Notre Dame doesn't have a head coach. Uh, are you going to take that into account? And he was like, well, there's a lot of things before them you know there's a lot of games that have to be played he said i'm not making a decision until after i have all the data on on saturday but then so i think nicole auerbach came behind him and was like well yeah yeah um yeah, that's cool and all but notre dame season's done and you said you don't look you know you only look backwards you don't look forward but their season's done have you has anybody taken that into account yet and then we he's what happened was they broke out you know what the 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 rules that they're given to be governed by. But he also said this, every committee's used these rules differently. Mm-hmm. And remember, there's seven new people on this committee. They don't have to, Cincinnati could go, because another question, somebody just blatantly said, well, could Cincinnati beat Houston and still be left out of this? And he went and said, everybody uses these rules differently to vote on each committee. That's what he said. That that's the well, you know those are the that's basically the gist. I'll have the notes here in a minute, but that's basically what he said. They're not going to choose who's going to be in this until until Saturday, what? and how they choose it is going to be. There's still a possibility that Ohio State sitting at seven, a two-loss Ohio State, somehow gets in this. If everything goes wrong, it's, it's going to be chaos and no, no two loss teams ever been in this. Right. So this is, it, it, and that is Gerald. That is ridiculous. 
but that's actually a possibility. There's not a there, there's there, Notre Dame could get in this without a coach, or they could decide because they can do this. Notre Dame they can they can they can, they can take any players or any coaches or any situations like that and factor that in. They could decide, just arbitrarily decide that a one loss Notre Dame that would be in if Brian Kelly was there isn't better than a two loss Ohio State. Now you have all these other uh, teams with one or two losses. Let's move them back. Let's move this team up. That That's still a possibility in their minds. Gary didn't say that, but what he said suggested that that's actually still possible. Well, and you know, so, they're also doing that for a two loss Alabama too. You exactly. Know, if they if they if there's exactly. a scenario where the final score in Atlanta is 41-40 and there is a two loss Alabama, you best you believe they're going to they're going to do the rematch. Exactly. So that's so there's so those scenarios still work um, for those two teams and primarily because of who they play next. Both of them play one and two. Huh. Michigan's right there. The way this is set up, Michigan's right there at two. Georgia's at one. Those two teams could still lose and end up in this, especially if 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 somehow, you know, uh, if Oklahoma State loses, Baylor's at nine. They're not playing a team above them. Uh, okay, you know, they didn't play, you know, a team that we have ranked over them. So they're going to fall down. Baylor's not going to jump, you know, from nine into the playoff. Right. Uh, where's Houston at? I think 21 yeah, uh-huh. or something. Right. You know, Cincinnati plummets like a rock if they lose. If it's close, right. they may consider it. So, it's you know, there, there's still a possibility for both Alabama and Ohio State the way it is, they have this set up. And if Oklahoma State loses to Baylor, which that could still happen, you know, that could still happen. They're not getting in. So, I think that it's perfectly set up for chaos. It's perfectly uh, – even though I want to see chaos because I want to just see what they do. I want to see how they justify putting a two-loss le- two team in when they've never done that before. But they may be sitting there with a, a lot of those discussions, and there's seven new people on this committee, man. They can do whatever they want to with the rules. And by Gary saying that this time, that sets up for chaos on Saturday. It I, really I does. I'll say this because we're going to have to let you go, uh, Memphis. You've been fantastic as always. They're going to call ESPN and say, hey, who do you want? I, I fully believe that's how they're doing this. Because he, in my opinion, Gary has been the most – and look, I don't want to – this is my opinion, not yours. He has been right. the most incompetent at this than anybody else because you're saying head-to-head games don't matter. Oh, well, we don't know. We don't know this. We don't know that. What do you know, Gary? <laughs> you know, like, I, I just don't know. But, Memphis, tell everybody where they can get you all your stuff. I, I'm going to hit you up this week. Maybe, you know, with all this going on, we're planning no on doing a show Sunday. Maybe we can get you in there. Uh, but okay. tell everybody where they can find all your great stuff. Look, uh, Sports Radio America is still in the rebuild area, you know. Uh, but Mondays and Thursdays are when I'm live, noon to 2 Eastern. Come check us out. We have a lot of boosters that still listen to the show religiously because they want somebody that's not going to, you know, give them back rub radio. They want somebody to, you know, so tell them the truth, you know, and that's what that's what I've been doing on on, on that 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 show for the last 10 years. So come check it out. I usually post if you're following me on Twitter at Memphis Fence, I usually post something on 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 Twitter as well. Uh, just get the link to tune in. Come check it out. I'll answer questions live and everything else. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's as good as this show. Maybe a little bit more boring, 
but no, 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 no. It's just Maybe a little it, boring. You know, show. some some people off. some people like hot and spicy barbecue sauce like myself, and some people don't. You know, like uh, some people some people like Coca Cola, and some people like Pepsi, or some people like Coke Zero. The truth is, we're both damn good at our jobs, Memphis. We're both damn good. It's good to see I, you, Memphis. I, I'm always great to have you. I, I love having coming on this show. Thanks for the invite, man. No problem. And look, I'll hit you up. Maybe we can get you back on Sunday, and we'll break all Let's of this that. craziness now. That Let's is our good that. friend, Memphis Spence. Guys, always just freaking fantastic. He's so, as Ryan says here, great job, Memphis. Love to hear you on the show. He Look, I don't religiously have permanent guests on. But he has been so fantastic. Is a, a Brawls Award uh, a voter, Heisman voter, uh, votes for uh, the top twenty-five or top sixteen in his book. I mean, he he he's been doing this for a, a long time, uh, and he watches. I mean, look for a living. The man watches football, and he's always good at what he does. Something interesting that he said there, and then Brian Driscoll uh, from Sports Illustrated, who covers Notre Dame, is going to be joining us. In about well, maybe in about a minute. So I gotta mo- I gotta move quickly here. Um, something interesting that that we need to monitor in all of this, and we talked about this a, be- a little bit in the beginning of this and of the show about LSU and Brian Kelly targeting uh, Marcus Freeman. They're targeting uh, Tommy Reese. They're targeting a lot of guys that was on that Notre Dame staff. Guys, what if there's a scenario where, and God forbid. Like, God forbid Notre Dame finds themselves in a playoff. I don't think that they will. I still think a two-loss Alabama will get in over them because of everything going on with Brian Kelly. I think that that's crazy, and I'm not a Notre Dame homer, but I think it's horrible for the kids because they just worked their ass off all year, and Brian Kelly left for a better job, and business is business. I, I, I do think I do think that what happens if they get in that playoff and you've got both of your coordinators that are still coaching at Notre Dame. Then what? Like, then what? Are you going to have to go through the first signing day without both of your coordinators if those two guys are the guys? Oh, man. Look, I I, I don't I, – I don't know – what is going to make of this? We got to watch the games and then worry about that. But I don't know how quickly we're going to have a OCDC. And I, look, the only coach that we know for sure that's staying is uh, 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 Corey uh, Corey Raymond. Um, I was sent this during that segment. It it was a, a breaking thing from uh, Louisiana State University, obviously LSU, and Brian Kelly. Um, and his base salary and everything that he's getting paid starts off eight point six. Uh, 8.8, 9, 9.2, 9.2, 9.4. Uh, and at the end of this contract uh, is 9.6 with a lot of incentives. He has a bunch, a bunch of incentives inside this contract. So they did just put it out, and it, it, it's a very massive, massive deal um, for Brian Kelly. Uh, let me read some of this. At coach's election, up to $1 million per year of the foregoing uh, supplemental compensation may be recast as follows. First, the party will use best efforts to recast such amount as an annual loan. I mean, that's pretty typical. Coaches' existing split life insurance policy. That's funny because Shannon Sharp said that today, 
that they would buy a life insurance policy. And, like, guys, it's so crazy what goes into these contracts. Like, are you buying a – and, look, me and my wife have permanent life insurance through our good uh, good friend Mike Bazile and Brian Jones, our financial advisors. Uh, we have permanent life insurance. But it's just crazy how um, – like, extremely crazy how everything in the minute details uh, 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 go into that. Very, very, uh, and very crazy. So we do have some of that. All right, I have been neglecting the comments a little bit, so we need to get into uh, need to get into those. Let me text Brian Driscoll. Um, that way we know, let him know that we're ready, ready to go. But uh, look, he covers Notre Dame, um, and he's going to have a lot of insight for that side. Um. He's going to have a lot of insight into the Notre Dame side of things. So, very, really, really looking forward to, to him. So, let's get into a couple of these uh, comments. I know I've been uh, neglecting y'all. Uh, Penn Jones says, Falk is staying too. It's more than looking like that. I don't know for a fact, and what, some, and what nobody could confirm for me yesterday, and I don't think that they know, is if Kevin Falk's staying at running backs coach or if he's just going to be on staff somewhere, what he's exactly doing. Um... I, they did. They wouldn't confirm that. The only thing that they would confirm of those two was that Corey Raymond staying in his whole position. And here's a good thing. Here's a good thing. It's looking like that Corey's going to have that entire room back. You know, the one dumb thing that Ed Orgeron did, I thought, was not give Corey Raymond the entire DB room. Like, what the hell was that about? Like, what in the hell was that about? Um... Uh, just just insane. Uh, Gerald says, I read today that Kevin Falk was being considered to stay very strongly. Yeah, he is, but I I, I wonder what um, – let me see. Uh-oh. I wonder what specifically his role is going to be. They still haven't um, – anything. Uh, Derek says on Facebook that people there's reports out that Rees is likely to stay – well, that's coming from the Notre Dame side. Let's get Brian Driscoll in here to confirm all of that. Um, let's get Brian in to confirm all that. I know that a lot of people are saying that uh, 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 Tommy Reese is leaning towards staying, so we'll 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 ask Brian that when he gets in here. All right, a couple more, uh, and then we'll get to him. Uh, Eric writes his Coke Zero over Coke. Don't at me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. But look, it's the only thing I got. Coca Cola. You know. The worst thing about this weekend is the Dr. Pepper SEC challenge, and you got kids throwing the football like this. Like, are you trying to give birth to something? I mean, like, bro, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. Throw the football. I, I, throw the football. All right, let's get to a very quick break, and then we'll bring our good friend Brian Driscoll uh, in here. None better than our good friends over at the Richie Roche, Richie Roche and the Roche's Lawn and Landscape Company. Guys, you got to get over to my good friend Richie Roche over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape, 225-937-7220, 225-937-7220. Let them know your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. If you want a great outdoor patio space, they can do it. You want your yard looking fantastic, they can do it. Literally anything and everything outside in your yard, they do it, and they do it at first class. There's Richie Roche at Roche's Lawn and Landscape, 225-937-7220. Tell them Blake sent you on by. All right, we got our friend Brian Driscoll joining us. Brian, I got to start off by saying 
I, I asked my good friend Bill King. I said, who is the best man that you know that covers Notre Dame? And before I could even spit it out, he said, our good friend Brian Driscoll. So I'm glad that you're joining us, my friend. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Busy. Very busy. Been a lot going on. I thought my most busy part of the weekend was, wow, Notre Dame's rival hired Lincoln Riley. That's going to get me some content for the rest of the week. That didn't even last 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, look, take it from me. As we have 700 people in this chat right now as my witness, Lincoln Riley has been consuming our lives for the last six weeks. Okay? We got like 26 hours of it, and then it was like, okay, move on. We got more important things to worry about. Right. Well, look, Brian, I want to start here and I want to start off with the obvious, and I know that we got a lot to talk about here, especially between these two teams and two universities. When you start – and I know that you were probably hearing some of the rumors early on as as we were and I was about Brian Kelly – but how shocked are you that he made this move? And, and what is it, something that you were just kind of scratching your head, or was it something that you thought that could be coming? I'm not surprised that Brian Kelly left. You know, we kind of hinted this summer. He's been at Notre Dame 12 years. There's never been a coach here longer than, 12, you know, 11 years. Now, part of that is a little bit misleading because Newt Rockney died in a plane crash while he was still coaching right. Notre Dame. But, you know, Lou Holtz was here 11 years. You know, frankly, he burned out. Eric Parsegian burned out after 11 years because it's a demanding job. It, it really is. There's a lot of pressure at Notre Dame, and he has to deal with people like me being pissed at him because they went 11-1 and one or 11-2 <laughs> and, right. you know, and, right. and things like that. And that's the standard that Brian Kelly's brought Notre Dame to after 20 years of just Hey, they had that occasional ten and three season where they didn't beat anybody, you right. know, like we saw under Ty Willingham and Charlie Weiss and teams like that. So, you know, I, I, I kind of got the impression that that he may be on the way out if things kind of go right because I think he wanted to leave Notre Dame on a strong note. I don't think if they'd have gone eight and four this year, maybe he doesn't walk away because he'd have felt like unfinished business. And I think now the operation and recruiting is going well. You've got Marcus Freeman there. You got Tommy Reese there. You got some young coaches. You're hoping that the administration will turn the keys over to, and you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm leaving Notre Dame in a, in a spot where they can continue to thrive. And then I can find a new challenge. I just think he was kind of just, Hey, you know what I need? I've been doing this 12 years. I need something new. Cause you know, he's contract runs through 2024. Was he going to retire in 2024? He's only 63 years old. Right. So he's mm-hmm. still almost a decade away from being where Nick Saban is now winning titles. Right. right. So I just don't think he saw it, and I don't think he necessarily saw him pass this next contract in Notre Dame. And so that's that to me, that's what led him. So I'm not shocked. I'm more surprised that LSU was the pick. That was more of the surprise. I thought, you know, I heard from sources he had reached out to Florida. I thought USC might be an option because I know he had some contact with USC. I thought it would be something more like that than LSU just because of his personality and just thinking about you know, how unique LSU is in, in so many different ways. So, a lot of people have talked about that. I guess you've covered Brian Kelly more than anybody. What can you tell us about him? Because, look, other than playing Notre Dame twice and seeing what we see from afar, there's not really a lot that we know, right? Like, we we see him, we don't know him that well, and I'm sure we'll get to know him more. But what can you tell us about Brian Kelly, the person? Well, I think one thing about Brian Kelly is he is – he is. I'm trying to say this in a way that it's not going to be perceived as a negative because it's not. This is a coaching thing. He is a control freak, right? That is something that I think uh, I, I say that in a complimentary fashion. I think great coaches are control freaks, meaning this is how it's going to be done. This is what my expectations are for coaches. We're going to have an operation. He's going to have a plan. We're going to practice this way. We're going to go this way. And, and everybody's got to be on the same page. Look, you don't go 54-9 over a five-year period <laughs> in Notre Dame if you're just kind of like, well, I feel like doing this today and let's do that. You know, you, you've got to have a plan. And, and even when 
the criticism was there and people like me were hammering him and I feel rightly and maybe they didn't quite have the success. He was saying, stay on course, stay on right. course. And I think that's a stabilizing force that I think LSU with everything going on with the stuff going on with coach. O, the title nine, all that stuff going on, a stabilizing force to something that's going to be, be very important. And I think that's more than anything, what Brian Kelly's going to bring. He is a CEO head coach. And I mean that in a complimentary manner, not a, not a insulting manner. I think that's a good thing, and I and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for for LSU. So he's more Nick Saban, less Ed Orgeron. You know, both of them were the CEO type coaches. I mean, right. he's more Nick Saban. One's less- competent and qualified, and the other's <laughs> Ed Orgeron. Right. You know, so um, right. That's that's and look, no disrespect to Coach O, right? Like I'm I not, know. I'm I not, know. but but look, you know, the Go Tigers. I mean, it was like he won because he made a great hire and had an all-time quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he had the same players in 2019 and 2018. He just, his back was against the wall and he needed to win. And Sean Payton helped him out by getting, getting, uh, you know, Joe Brady there. But, you know, to me, he was always more of what we saw in 2018 and 2017 and 2014 than he was what we saw in 2019. And it was just, you just never know what you're going to expect from LSU on a week to week basis. Right. And, with Brian Kelly at the very, at the very, you know what you're going to get from Brian Kelly. You may not always like it, and I didn't always like it, but you know what you're going to get from Brian Kelly. There's a consistency there that's allowed him to go, you know, because again, if you look at the five year period, his worst year was 10 and three in mm-hmm. 2017. That year, they played eight ranked opponents, seven finished the year ranked. They beat an 11 win USC team by 35. They beat a 10 win Michigan state team by 20 in a game that they, they pulled their starters like in the, like that stadium was emptied out by the middle of the third quarter. <laughs> right. They beat a nine win NC state team by, I think it was 35 to 14. That team had four of their, all four starting defensive linemen for NC state were drafted in the first four rounds of the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They were pounding people. And of course it fell apart a little bit at the end. They rallied back and beat LSU in a bowl game. I mean, so you know, 10 and three, they say, well, you don't beat anybody. And that's a valid complaint. 2019, Notre Dame's best win was Navy. This year, they have a grand total of zero wins over top 25 teams. But there were years where they had really tough schedules and they handled business. You know, 2018, they beat a top 15 Michigan team. They beat a top 25 Syracuse team who took Clemson down to the wire. Notre Dame beat them 36 to three. And then, of course, uh, went into the postseason. And, and up until the point Julian Love gets hurt, it's a nine to three ball game late in the first first half. Right. And, and so – that consistency is what you're going to get. The question that I have and that a lot of Notre Dame fans have is he's going to make you steadily good, really good. The question is, can he get you to that next, that, that next level? That's where I have my doubts about Brian Kelly. Well, you know, and, and from what's crazy, Brian, about that is that, you know, from a Louisiana and LSU fan standpoint, they sit, fans sit back and say, well, look, if Les Miles and Ed Orsron can do it, I mean, Brian Kelly is more competent than those two guys at what he does. You brought up something that I think Brian – and, look, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here and asking this question. Go but, for it. But we always talk – about the show if I didn't want to be put on the spot. <laughs> okay. Well, we always talk about the good, right? But we don't mm-hmm. ever talk about the things that Brian Kelly struggles at. Because, look, mm-hmm. right now, we're all – We looking, talk about that a lot on my show. Well, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, right now, our show is talking about nothing but the mm-hmm. good things that Brian Kelly's done – and we've already got there. What are some things that Brian Kelly has done that he might need to get better at when he comes here to LSU? I think he has he has overall done a good job of hiring coaches. 
The problem is he's made some bad hires that he's slow to react to. For example, he hires Brian Van Gorder in 2014. Now, he's he's hired four defensive coordinators in his tenure. Three of them were great hires. Actually, he's hired five. Four of them were great hires. Bob Diaco led you to four straight top 25 right. defenses in the 2012 season, right? Mike Elko did a great job, so good that he got him the A&M job. Clark right. Lee did a great job. You know, so two of his his last two coordinators got poached by SEC teams, right? So he's clearly doing something, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Marcus Freeman, who he, who he beat LSU for. The one bad hire is Brian Van Gorder. The problem is we all knew that by the end of the 2014 season, this isn't going to work. Like, uh-huh. this is bad. But but it took him to the 2016 season when Notre Dame started 1-3, and three, lost a 4-8 th- a Duke team, and lost to a 3-9 Michigan State team at home, lost to a, t- a Texas team with a losing record on the road in overtime before he was finally kind of forced to make that fire. He's got an offensive line coach I don't love. I think he needs to do a better job, but he was unwilling to make that change. So there's just occasionally he's going to make that hire that you're like, you got to see that that's not right. And it takes him a lot longer to, to make that recognition and to make that change. So he's got to avoid that. A, don't make the wrong hire. And B, if you do, as all coaches do, Saban has, Urban Meyer has, Dabo has, you got to re- realize it quickly and move on from it and then fix it. If he can do that, then he'll have a much better opportunity. And he's got to be more involved in recruiting. That was my biggest criticism of Brian Kelly. He took too much of a hands-off approach in recruiting. And you cannot recruit in the SEC West if your head coach is taking the hands-off approach. I don't care how good your talent level is in the state. You have to have your head coach involved to to a more of a degree than Brian Kelly has for most of the time. Right. I want to stick on that. But Brian, Brian Driscoll, publisher of the Irish Breakdown, the Notre Dame channel at Sports Illustrated, will let you guys know, and he'll be able to tell you where you can get all his stuff. I'm sure you're going to need to follow him, especially on Twitter with all the chaos going on right now. Uh, two more, Brian. I want to allude to the uh, – and then we'll get you out of here. But you talked about recruiting and the hands-off approach. Do you think that Brian Kelly would change those ways knowing that he's coming into the SEC? Or do you think that – because, look, I, I, the way that I see Notre Dame teams is that he adapts to a lot of things. Now, I get the defensive coordinator thing, but it seems like from offensive philosophy standpoint, you got good linemen, we're going to run the ball. He's done some very innovative things. Do you think that he realizes that he's – when he now that he's here and you got Nick Saban who comes in here and poaches a lot of these guys, do you think that he, he, he starts to revamp and want to get a little bit more into recruiting – now that he's in the SEC West. Right. You don't, you don't win two titles at the D2 level, do what he did at Central Michigan, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame if you're an idiot. Right. Right. Like, right. we can agree that there's a level of competence here with Brian Kelly. We can agree to what level it is, but there's a level of competence here. And I don't think that he took the LSU job thinking he's just going to be able to hang out at the beach, <laughs> right, every weekend. You right. Know, I, I just don't. And I also think it's a completely different recruiting operation at LSU. Now, LSU is going to recruit all over the Southeast and Southwest, and they'll get some national guys. But for the most part, they're a more of a regional recruiting operation because you don't need to go everywhere, right? Notre Dame's sitting in the Northern Indiana, right? They have to go national. They have to go to California, the Southeast, the Mid-Atlantic, the Southwest to recruit, as as also Brian Kelly has a lot of, and I talked about this earlier in a different place where you know, there's a lot more demands of going across the country and speaking at this Notre Dame booster club and that Notre Dame booster club and this Notre, group of really wealthy Notre Dame donors and things like that where – at LSU, you don't have to fly to San Francisco one week and LA the next and Seattle the next right. and DC the next and New York the next. It's you're a football coach again, right? And mm-hmm. I think that should help Brian Kelly a little bit too. But the key for him from a recruiting situation is you've got to make sure you hire great recruiters, obviously. And then you just have to say, look, where where does my need need to be? I need to be a closer, okay? So I need to make sure that the five or, top five or six kids on our board – I'm taking an, an active role on with the rest of those kids. Hey, staff, let me know what you need me to do. 
Right. Right. And right. that he wasn't always willing to do that. But the reason I was so critical of him for that is because I felt like if he would do that, he would be effective at it. Well, this past year, since he hired Marcus Freeman, he has changed. He's been more involved. We're hearing him more and more and more with recruits. The result up until the moment he he, he left and they lost some commit a commit because of it. Notre Dame had the number four recruiting class right. in the country including kids from the Southeast, kids from the out Southwest. They'd beat Bama for kids. They beat Ohio state for kids. They're, you know, they're able to, to get that done. And I think that's the thing is if he can continue that at LSU and make good hires, then I think that, that, you know, you'll see success because in certain ways, LSU sells itself, right? Just like Notre Dame does, right? There's this common misconception. That Notre Dame can't recruit this, that, and the other. trust me, there's plenty of kids waiting for an opportunity to get, to get to go to Notre Dame. As long as Notre Dame can present them with a, you can play for a championship and you can be a high draft pick. As Notre Dame started proving that, more and more top kids want to start coming. Well, LSU is going to have, you know, present even more of those opportunities because so many more kids that can play at that level at a high level are right there. Right, right. Like legitimately three or four of them, he doesn't literally have to go 10 miles out. He could just stay in Baton Rouge, which is, mm-hmm. which is absolutely crazy. Brian, last one and we'll get you out of here. Look, there's a lot of things that's going on, and I know that you know about this. We talked about Marcus Freeman. We've talked about Tommy Reese. But we haven't talked about what we're going to think is going to happen now. The things that I'm hearing, and I know that some of the things that you're hearing are aligning, but we don't know the conclusion of what's going on. Look, I, we had Memphis Spence, a guy that follows college football, is a voter. He's a Broyles Heisman voter. And he talked about being and covering college football for so long. There is a scenario where he could see that Notre Dame get, could get in the playoff if it were you know, a situation where all chaos breaks out. Well, let me ask you this. Because of Tommy Rees and Marcus Freeman, what do you think or what are you hearing right now happens with those two guys or any guys that are on staff? Do you think anybody comes over to LSU or, or, or what are you hearing there? There'll be some people that have, that'll come. I think part of it is there's a couple assistants of Brian Kelly's that are trying to get head coaching jobs at some smaller schools. Uh, Brian Pauline, for example, is a guy that I think would like to be a head coach. I, from what I'm heard, and again, I don't, I would, I would be hesitant to really, you know, put this down as gospel, but because it's far enough removed from original sourcing, so I'm just the preface. But I've heard that Brian Pullian, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, will come with Brian Kelly. He's a guy that's that's been a successful West Coast recruiter, more of a special teams guy kind of thing. Obviously, the son of of Bill Pullian, right? Um, you know, he's there's there's a couple guys on the offensive staff. I've heard he's going to try to bring with him right now. Tommy Reese has obviously got a pretty big offer on the play on the table to to come to LSU. Right now, the lays I've been told is he's really torn, and part of it's going to be depend on who Notre Dame hires as their head coach. If they decide to hire Marcus Freeman and do that soon, then I think there's a good chance Tommy Reese stays in Notre Dame. If they decide to go in a different direction or this thing draws out, Tommy Reese is in a situation where I could maybe stay and hope that it's Marcus Freeman, but if it's not, now Brian Kelly's filled his OC role and the new coach want to bring his, and now what do I do? Right. Right. So I think this is going to have to happen quickly one way or the other, or they're just going to lose the staff. And the, and the longer this drags out, the greater chance there is that some of these Notre Dame coaches do end up going with Brian Kelly. Because a lot of these guys are more northern, midwestern guys. I mean, would Mike Elson consider going with Brian Kelly to LSU? Yes. But Mike Elson's a northwest Ohio guy who's been in, in Michigan, Ohio, or Indiana for the last 30 years of his life, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think ideally he'd like to stay at Notre Dame. But if it doesn't work out, he's going to come down there and, and do with LSU's D-line what he's done with Notre Dame's D-line, which is produce a great defensive line year after year after year right. after year. You guys saw what he did with the Louisiana product recently, right? Turned Jerry Tillery, who was an offensive lineman in high school, into a first-round draft pick, right? And Unreal, so, you know, by the way. Guy, Unreal, right? by the way. 
Right. Well, that team had six defensive linemen <laughs> that got drafted. Right. In 2018 defensive line. And and then he loses, you know, Khalid Cream and Julian Aguar, and he turns Dalen Hayes and Adi Ogandijian to, to, to draftable players, loses them, and now all of a sudden Isaiah Foskey's on the verge of breaking the school sack record, right? Like, it's just year after year after year. Brian Kelly would love to get Mike Elson down there, but part of that's going to depend on who the next head coach is at Notre Dame. So there's still a lot of uncertainty in regards to who's going to stay at Notre Dame and who's going to come. Uh, Brian Kelly's certainly trying to get a lot of those guys with him, but the the, ch- the challenge is going to be a lot of these guys are northern guys and they'd like to st- Notre Dame's got a good thing going right and if they're able to stay and keep things going I think a lot of them would like to stay but if they don't I don't think that any issue coming down for Brian Kelly because Mike Elson has been with Brian Kelly at Central Cincinnati and Notre Dame so you know that's a guy you'd have to look at if he doesn't work out in Notre Dame he would certainly look to come with Brian Kelly to Baton Rouge I lied. All radio podcast people and everybody said they're going to ask you one more, and then they ask you one more right after that. I promise you, this hey, is this is I got, it. I got plenty. I, I love to talk. If you haven't noticed that, right? So it's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, I promise you, last one because we're coming up on on time here. But not holding you to this, but just projecting. What do you think happens? Do you think Marcus Freeman's the guy? Because look, I, I said this early in my show, Brian. I've talked to SEC coaches. I've talked to coaches around, and they tell me, and one coach, one SEC coach told me, point blank, and I'm paraphrasing but still quoting, that they call Marcus Freeman the Einstein of the defensive coaching staffs, or or defensive coaching, I should say. Do you think that he gets that job, or do you think that they look at a Luke Fickle or Matt Campbell or go elsewhere? The latest I'm hearing from my sources is that it will end up being Freeman. Okay. And also that's who I want. To be right, coach. I, I look. I wrote an article today. And I'll, I'll leave it at this. I, I, I'll make it real simple. What I said was, you don't want to be the athletic director at Notre Dame or the board of trustee member who chose not to hire Marcus Freeman. Correct. Right. Right. I, I mean, look, and I ran on this spiel earlier about what Ed Orgeron did with Marcus Freeman and the bullcrap that he pulled and why he probably ultimately wasn't here, but. Look, that's neither here nor there, but that'd be very interesting. I think Notre Dame will get a fantastic hire as a head coach and a, definitely a great recruiter, as we're seeing right. uh, at Notre Dame. Brian, you've been fantastic. I appreciate you coming on. Tell everybody where they can catch everything that you're doing. I try to make it easy. Irishbreakdown.com is the website, right? That's where you can find us at irishbreakdown.com. I've had as much product placement as I can possibly find trying to get you to see, be able to see that, but irishbreakdown.com. <laughs> and, of course, my YouTube channel, also Irish Breakdown. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at CoachD178. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk again soon. I'm sure we'll talk as this as this continues to go I gotta on. I got to get this on. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Well, look, I, I ended at Bill King. I go on Bill King's show every Wednesday, and he every day I go, go Tigers. And he always sends me a text. He's like, I'm going to cut you before you get that in there. But I, I, I mean, I'm on an LSU channel, right? How often do I get to do my Ed Orgeron in front of – LSU fans, right? Absolutely. So I, had to do it. I would be mad at myself if I did. So thanks for having me on. <laughs> thanks, Brian. Have a good night. That's Brian Driscoll from Sports Illustrated Irish Breakdown. He does a fantastic job. I really appreciate him um, coming on. Uh, look, if, if what he's saying, and I believe him, and a lot of people are talking in reference to them hiring Marcus Freeman, that's a fantastic hire. It's a hire that you can't pass up. Um, you got to look. I have I have faith in Brian Kelly. Look, Brian just talked about the three the three of the last four defensive coordinators. Two of them are now in the SEC, and Mike Elko and Clark Lee. And then now they got Marcus Freeman, who they might be making their next head coach. So I think Brian Kelly is going to be able to do a good job at bringing in a lot of good uh, uh, guys in the staff and coordinators. All right, guys, we've been going a little bit longer than we normally do, but we're gonna.
Continue to monitor this as it goes on. Uh, continue to follow us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe and notification bell. Sorry I was not able to get to all of the comments uh, that we normally do uh, tonight, but we will get them back and bring you in. Until then, guys, you guys have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.